We used to think that virality is only important for B2C, for social networks. But this is not true. The virality actually becomes very important for B2B products as well. Welcome to the Agile Digital Transformation Podcast, where we explore different aspects of digital transformation and digital experience with your host, Tim Butera, Content and Community Manager at Agile Drop. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm joined today by Sagi Rodin, co-founder and CEO of Frontag, a user management platform for B2B software as a service apps. In this episode, we'll be talking about product-led growth and how it affects digital product development in B2B. Welcome to the show, Sagi. It's great having you here with us. Want to add anything here before we jump to the questions? No, it's great to be here. Let's go. Okay, awesome. So the first thing that we need to clear up is what is product-led growth or PLG? Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, it's been kind of one of the most popular topics, uh, definitely, last year. I think that it was brought mainly by VCs and then kind of adopted by uh, a lot of companies, probably misused or overused in uh, 2022. But I think that as we're getting kind of towards the end of the year, we can already see some things that are... um, leveling up and uh and we can you know actually provide a better definition for uh plg so i'll tell you what's uh plg for me right so maybe it will be a bit different than what you will see as a definition uh, online but for me plg is concentrating on the user value within the product as opposed to concentrating on the commercial value and the marketing value for the user so basically what the product can bring to the end user. And this is what drives the real buying process. Uh, This is what drives the love for the product, for the brand that is being used. So uh, putting the user and the product in the center of everything that is related to the business, that's for me, product-led growth. So it's it's basically based on user centricity. That's like the core thing. Definitely, definitely. So I think that, you know, there used to be times where, you know, we would talk about uh, the importance of the user experience on onboarding, on, um, you know, communicating even with the support, on communicating with the product, on, on the, the, the whole interaction uh, between the user and the product. And the company that uh, that uh, runs behind that product, and we used to say, and I remember, you know, kind of working in uh, enterprises, it used to be, oh, it's not that important to invest in uh, in user experience because somehow we will be able to to sell the product to make the deal, and once the deal is sealed, and uh, you know, the economic buyer, right? Uh, that's uh, that's kind of one of the most important terms in uh, in sales. Who's the economic buyer, right? So once the economic buyer signs on uh, on the deal, then basically the deal is done and uh, we can celebrate success. Well, these things have changed because the signature becomes just the formal part of the sale process, and, and the most important sale part is actually before the signature and after the signature. And it has to do with 
how the user interacts with the product before they buy, how the user interacts even once they just signed up to the product. The experience has to be seamless. The aha moment has to be immediate. And, um, and once we have that, that's the real sell, right? So we sell through that experience, through that hook, through understanding the value quickly. And then afterwards, we continue to sell or, uh, you know, upsell or upgrade, or uh, if it's usage-based and just increase usage and adoption by providing an amazing experience afterwards, right? By providing um, amazing support experience afterwards. This is the actual sale process where the whole pitching on the demo, the whole kind of oiling up the buyer by the sales team, wine and dine, you know, whatever, uh, going to golf with, uh, with the buyer, whatever it was, uh, kind of the, the, the right process for a heavy enterprise sell 10 years ago, that is uh, kind of shifting. And I think that, you know, during the COVID, uh, the two years that we had when uh, you couldn't actually like, you know, meet uh, with the prospect that even kind of emphasized more on the importance of this first interaction with uh, the real value, with the real uh, product. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is kind of, the things uh, that have changed. And one other important factor is probably also just the general rise in popularity and adoption of digital. And with that, we have much greater, much more and much more rapidly evolving user expectations that kind of want and demand not just functioning digital experiences, but actually great outstanding digital experiences in pretty much on every channel they interact on with every brand they interact with and i'm wondering how these rising user expectations and how all all of the changes here are affecting b2b SaaS products and uh, development of these products yeah that's a great question it used to be that the first experience with the product would be the sign up page right so you would sign up and usually you would uh, sign up after you would already been given with the credentials, right? So somebody kind of opened an account for you. This would be the experience like 10 years ago with the product, the sales team already kind of closed either a POC trial or even sealed the deal. And then the user, the first uh, administrator in a B2B company would just get the credentials, sign up, log into the product and start using it, right? And then if um, an additional request regarding the account setup was required, like adding more users, like, um, you know, structuring the security policy within the account, like setting the roles and permissions and uh, changing billing settings and stuff like that, then what would actually happen is that, you know, they would need to talk to their support person, right? And uh, make the requests or open tickets, and that would be fulfilled. Right. And, and, and why it was uh, okay, because, you know, the deal was already done, right? So uh, the company already paid and, uh, and now it's just a matter of kind of surviving through this uh, product, uh, digital product experience. And usually most of the efforts by the, the, the seller, by, by, the, by the company, the product company would be before the renewal, right? So before the renewal, suddenly everybody will be interested. How was your experience? whether you need more seats and, uh, and, uh, and so on and so forth. 
just uh, you know, so we won't have churn or or even maybe there's an opportunity to to upsell. But now the experience is you know it's different in two ways at least. So the first thing is that it's completely digital, as you said. So everything is on the product. Uh, once I sign up, I want the full independence to get everything I need within my account setup done on my own independently, right? So if I want to add more users, if I want to set their roles and permissions, if I want to um, enable multi-factor on my account so nobody could log in without multi-factor verification, and then, you know, what kind of multi-factor verification I use, also up to me to choose. I want to achieve everything immediately on my own, right? So everything is uh, digital through the product and it's more continuous. That's the second thing. Uh, it's not only uh, on the account setup part and on the renewal part, right? When uh, they actually care to give you a great experience, but it's, it's, it's continuous. You always can get to the account setting section on your application, on your account, and basically set up everything. So you have the full independence to use the app, to configure it, to grow with it. So even if you need more seats, you just do that through the app. And I think that great companies did that, that been able to provide that level of independence. Those are the ones that grew tremendously, right? So today, if you want to add more seats in, in DocuSign, in Slack, for example, in, uh, in Zoom, you don't need to talk to anybody, right? You just go there and you do that. Mm-hmm. And if I add my colleague and I want them to be a read-only user, Right, I don't have to talk to anybody. I just go to my account settings and I just set it up. In a, if I want to export my uh, audit logs because I have a you know a compliance check coming up, I don't have to talk to anybody. I just go into my account settings and I just export whatever I need. And and this is the true experience, independent user experience that allows me to grow with the app right seamlessly without talking to anybody because think of it that anytime i need to open ticket anytime i need to uh, wait for somebody wait for an email reply whatever that adds friction uh, to my experience and we want to eliminate that friction so you know this is just part of uh these uh changes in the digital experience as you mentioned yeah, I can imagine that, that this is definitely one key change for users. And, and it's great that, as you say, that you're seeing companies kind of already realizing this and already acting on it. And I suspect that, that this, you know, if it's not the trend already for this field, that it will soon become kind of the default modus operandi. Definitely, definitely. And, and I can tell you that, it, you know, the change is very quick. So when we started... Two years ago, we still had to convince kind of potential buyers, right, Mm -hmm. that they need more advanced stuff uh, within their app. So what we would do typically, you know, uh, the best thing, and this is the best sale approach, we kind of, we showed examples of different applications. And we showed how Slack did it, uh, right? We showed how DocuSign did it, uh, Airtable, whatever, so they can see. But then they would say, yeah, but those are companies, those are huge companies. Uh, you know, those are products that exist for uh, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years. We still have time. But then when they, those small startups started to onboard their first customers, 
they realize they don't have that slack anymore. They don't have this time. They have to provide these standard experiences immediately. Mm -hmm. And this is when they would kind of, you would see a phenomenon where they would return to us and said, okay, where, where, how do I do that? Like, how do I integrate a seamless account administration experience within my app? And this is actually what Frontex provides. So today it's kind of became the standard. They start with the understanding, okay, I know that I will need to add user management and team management within my app. I know that I would have to add more advanced and granular roles and permissions within my B2B app. Okay, how do I do that from the beginning? So I won't be left behind on the standards behind my competition. So they already understand this is the new standard. Everybody has to meet this standard. Everything is self-serve and there's no room for staying behind. Can you actually, since you already started talking about the, your platform, Frontag, can you tell us a little bit more about, about what Frontag does and how, it, how you're helping companies pursue this PLG approach? Sure. So Frontag is a user management platform aimed mostly at B2B companies. And we're kind of providing B2B companies with uh, the ability to provide those seamless user and account management experiences within their own application. So there are not a lot of companies that can say that they're actually partnering up kind of with their customers mm -hmm. to be a part of their application, you know, just like Stripe does that for payments, for example. And we can say that we are integrated and served as an integral and very important part of our customers' apps and quite a lot of uh, customers, small ones, uh, mid-market, uh, huge uh, Fortune 100 enterprises. We are there to provide their end users, their end customers, the best and most seamless experience within their apps. That's uh, Frontech. Basically, anything from the sign-up to the account administration that you would have within a typical B2B application, we provide that plug-and-play with a few lines of code. Okay, yeah, it, it does sound like one thing that's very useful and very much needed for these types of companies. Is there anything, you know, what's the secret to how Frontend functions? Why, why are your clients choosing to work with you over, you know, your competitors? Yeah, so I think that, uh, you know, the beauty in my answer here is that, you know, you can just go and sign up and, and see by yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So the idea is, we have a sales team, they're very efficient, they're, uh, they're amazing in kind of closing the, the official parts, right, of the deal. But when it's needed, you know, we have a lot of customers that are just going to our product and mm -hmm. signing and just paying on their own, right? Through, by the way, we are using Frontech as well for, for the whole self-service oh, cool. administration, right? So it's a dog, uh, dog feeding uh, of our own stuff. But basically, you can go sign up, play with the product, and just try on your own. So that means that on the demo, you know, they always talk about demo decks, and it's very important to have, uh, you know, good demo decks. But, but that comes on more than 90% of our interaction with potential customers. It comes after they already understood the value of the product. So, you know, when you're talking about the secret, I think that 
today this is the expectation, especially by the way on developer uh, platforms, developer tools, but not only. I think that it goes into finance, it goes into uh, security, you know, the cyberspace, for example, that's a that's an amazing example of, of how this transition was so rapid because just five years ago, everything on cyber would have uh, been uh, sold by enterprise salespeople. And today, even in cyber, where the integration and the onboarding, think about it, it's, it's a bit more complicated usually. Even there, end users, they expect a self-service uh, experience getting to the aha moment like in 20, 30 seconds. So, so I, would, I would definitely say we stand behind this approach and we do that in two levels. So first of all, ourselves, everything is product-led. We are uh, almost no um, you know, stuff that are not organic. So most of the customers would find us online, get to us and kind of use the product and adopt it. This is uh, uh, definitely one thing. And the second thing is that we see ourselves as enablers of PLG for others or enablers of, uh, you know, seamless self-service experience for others. That means, and, and why it's true, uh, because, you know, I, I think that once a user signs up, so first of all, the first interaction of your customer, let's say tomorrow you're launching um, a product for businesses, right? So you're a B2B company. First experience of a user with your product would be the sign-up page. And the sign-up page has to be first, secure right that's the most important thing the second thing it has to be very appealing and frictionless right so today you know there's a b testing being done on sign up page to increase conversion rates and uh, stuff like that so actually you know the marketing is kind of involved in this place where you know even three years ago it used to be something very functional you, you would just you know get the the two boxes uh the input boxes of uh, of username or email and, and password and that's it Today, that's a whole marketing uh, page because you need to convert. And three, it has to be very flexible because each and one of the, your users, your customers would want a different login and authentication experience, right? So some of them would want to go passwordless. Some would go to a still user, the traditional username, password. There are pass keys today, right? There's uh, different types of multi-factor authentication um, and and. I think that giving that flexibility is very important. This is the first interaction of the user uh, usually with uh, with your product. And then once they're in, they're playing with the product. And then there are two things that needs to be done. The second thing is spreading. That's uh, the virality part, right? It, we used to think that virality is only important for B2C, for social networks. But this is not true. The virality actually becomes very important for B2B products as well. So actually, we've seen that with every user that is being added to the account, you increase the chances to close a deal there by at least 60% each time that you add, that you have your customer adding more users to their account. So we want that in organizational virality. And there it has to be very seamless. They have to go to their account settings, add a user, and just add their colleagues to their account. It has to be very simple. And sometimes they don't want to add administrators. They just want to add read-only users so they can see the reports. Okay, so no problem. You know, Frontech provides that out of the box. And building those experiences when you're a small company and you're just trying to kind of get into the market, that's hard. But for bigger companies, you know, we see that it's, it's, it's really, really hard to provide those experiences. 
uh, you know, and especially after they kind of build a lot, a lot of stuff already in their uh, app. So actually we see today that most of the companies that are coming to us are even bigger companies that transitioning from old experiences, old solutions for, uh, for user and account management. And then the third thing that you have to do is you have to get paid, right? You have to convert. And, and conversion, that's the billing part uh, where you can actually allow your customer to go and just put their credit cards and, and sign up. And if they need to upgrade, then upgrade. If they need to add more seats, then add more seats. All of those experiences are very important. So Frontend is an enabler of all those experiences out of the box. That's how we see that we reduce the friction, provide the great experiences in all those key uh, parts of the user of the buyer journey and uh, enable a product-led approach. This definitely, this, these definitely sounds like the key tenets of a product-led growth approach. And I'm just wondering if you have any other, because from what I understand, you've been working in the software development for quite a long time. You have a, a whole range of experience in this area and in adjacent areas. So besides checking out Frontag and kind of kind of contacting Frontag and relying on that, what can companies do? What advice would you give to companies that want to kind of transition to this product-led growth approach that we haven't really talked about or haven't really mentioned on this episode? Yeah. So I can say what, what to do and I, I can get to it, but I will say that what not to do, right? So companies, you think that, you know, being product-led means having no sales and uh, having uh, eliminate your sales, eliminate your pre-sale uh, engineers, eliminate your, uh, uh, you know, post-sale, uh, the people that help with the integration, eliminate support, eliminate marketing sometimes. So I would you know, argue that all of that is not, is, is just not true, not mm -hmm. accurate, right? So you need to find the right balance for your own product on kind of where you're removing some of the, uh, the need for the asset for, uh, for resources, but, uh, and, and definitely I can say that on the pre-sale, for example, so, uh, most of the things have to be embedded within the product. And, uh, and kind of, you know, not involve so many people, right? That doesn't mean, for example, that you don't need to have pre-sale expert, like a technical solution expert of your product to help with the larger deals. Because we need to uh, remember that uh, there are big companies that are complicated, that come with their own solutions. If you're a finance uh, solution, for example, just think of the financial complexity within uh, your customer's organization, right? So if they run into trouble, you need to remove that friction and that could be done with people. That's okay. So that's one thing. The, the post-sale, for example, the, um, you know, once they already paid for your product and they need to kind of increase the usage or, or, or finalize the integration, you know, that, that's okay that the product should help them and, and like 80% should come from the product. But don't just, you know, assume that they will not need any help there, mm -hmm. right? So, so you still kind of need that. And I would also say that from sales point of view, right? Getting to a place where you can scale tremendously and, uh, and rely only on the self-serve payments, right? That's, you know, that, that happens, that happens to, uh, uh, to companies. And we see companies that rely only on that, but on most companies, you would still have a sales team that kind of is there to pick up 
the leads that the product can provide even more value to them. And that would require a sales process, right? So you need to find kind of how you're shifting and managing this, this choice between get, like getting a full product-led process and getting a sales-led process, which is okay. And I think that the best companies today, they uh, found the sweet spot on how to make both of those work to be scalable, to have a good uh, customer acquisition costs, right? Good marginal values, but still being able to, uh, you know, to scale their traction with their revenues. So, uh, so finding this sweet spot, that's the, the, the real thing here that we need to figure out. I think this was a key point here, Sagi, and the perfect way to round off this great discussion. Just before we jump off the call, if our listeners wanted to maybe reach out or learn more about Frontech, what's the best way to get in touch? Yeah, so just go to frontech.com or you can email me at sagi at frontech.com. That's S-A-G-I at frontech.com. And, uh, you know, I would love to have a chat. Awesome. Well, you heard it here. If you'd like to give Frontech a try, you know where to contact them. You know how to try it out. And Sagi, thanks again. This was a great discussion. And I'm, I'm glad that we got you here to discuss this with you. Thank you very much. Well, to our listeners, that's all for this episode. Have a great day, everyone, and stay safe. Thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to check out our other episodes, you can find all of them at agiledrop.com slash podcast, as well as on all the most popular podcasting platforms. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes, and don't forget to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues.